Hi. Hi, this is Hi, magical. Welcome back, magical relatives. This is your host, Paul V, with Jessica, also V. Uh, we're back with uh, another episode and with just a person that we love to talk with, Emma Catherine. Welcome back, Emma. Yay, Emma! Hi. Um, I love hanging out with you guys. I've we're been so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are so excited to have you back. Um, I feel like I talk to you. I'll talk to you on the podcast, not on the podcast. I'll talk to you all the time. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited. It's We're starting the new 2021 season of of uh magic cool right yeah just much more casual yeah i like it (laughs) (laughs) i'm all about the casual (laughs) so for everybody listening we are doing our first um video recording so we're recording the audio, but we are actually seeing each other on screens while we're recording this. And so we have never done that before. It's always just been audio. So this is this is a new um, fun thing for us. So it will feel even more familiar to the podcast listeners than most of the time, because now it feels like we're just sitting here hanging out. Yeah, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> So for those who haven't listened to Emma's previous episodes, Emma is an author, practitioner of multiple different forms of witchcraft, an educator in uh, ritual, practice, meditation. How, what other things? How else would yeah. you describe yourself? Introduce I have... yourself. <laughs> I hope people listen. But, I'm sure yeah. they have. Um, well, I do... Um... So I instruct some courses for gods and radicals, and also I have a course um, with the House of Twigs, which is elemental magic. Um, and I also do a an OB apprenticeship um, program. So I've currently got around, I think there's probably around eight um, students at the moment. And so we take them through a lot of different things because OB is essentially a spirit work practice that makes use of multiple different systems and so we do things like journey work and spirit work meditation trance work um plant stuff lots of stuff going on there so yeah (laughs) yeah i love hearing i love talking about obia because it is so shamanic in practice yeah and so i think that it is a really cool thing to talk about just to put out there that it, it feels to me tell me what you think about this I've never said it to you out loud but it feels to me like shamanic witchcraft yeah absolutely and I think what a lot of people um maybe don't realize about it and maybe even some people before they started the program they don't necessarily realize um it's it is how it is so you know I had one person who struggled a lot with the lack of dogma um and the lack of kind of organized structure to it because you know we do rituals and and stuff like that but ultimately um there is no book you can go to or there's no nothing written down that kind of signposts how to do a ritual or how to connect with this or that spirit so what i pass on are techniques that have worked for me um and so i say essentially it is a spirit work practice because ultimately that is what it is 
and I sometimes also describe it. So it's not chaos magic, um, but I describe it as kind of similar to chaos magic in that you can use a set, you know, you can use lots of different things and lots of different um, kind of rituals and systems within Obia because it's almost like the, the Obia is the power that makes that work for what you need it to work, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it is quite shamanic, I, I like to think. Yeah, there's a lot of journey work involved into meeting spirit that you're going to work with. And I just, it's fascinating. I guess I, you know, it's it's fascinating to me because I didn't know anything about it until I met you oh, last year, maybe. Yeah, I think um, it was. And yeah, and then so I'm learning so much about different kind of practices in the witchcraft community right or i mean in the in the witching world as it were absolutely and i think that there's so many different types of like i guess it's a human trait we want to pigeonhole everything and have everything nice and ordered with a label but i'm a big believer in as soon as you start trying to label something it stops being what you know what you're trying to describe so yeah they work for just kind of in everyday communication but um the labels don't really hold the true essence of what a thing is and so whenever you kind of go into it like I could literally talk all day about like OBR and what it is and what it isn't but ultimately it is a lot about spirit work because the job of the OBR man or woman would be um so in Jamaica and the Caribbean there's a lot of duppy work so duppies are malevolent spirits and a lot of OBR is to do with um kind of setting those malevolent spirits right so there's a lot of spirit work so um yeah <laughs> i i'm sorry i was just like ah oh, duffy work i remember the first time you mentioned it just like <laughs> oh what does this mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like it is really great because i'm learning a whole um about a whole other like a set of language too yeah so it's 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 really fascinating to me yeah and like so I'm currently um, studying towards a degree in English and part of that looks into so I'm a bit of a nerd I must admit and so language and the etymology of words and how kind of words come into common usage is so fascinating and so recently we've just looked at Scots which is um, there's some debate as to whether it's a dialect or a language in its own right and and there's a lot of parallels in that argument between that and Patwa, which is, um, it's not Jamaican English because, you know, if someone was to speak to you in Jamaican English, you would understand them. But if they were to speak to you in um, Patwa, like, <laughs> it's quite, you know, there's a lot of words and phrases that people would be unfamiliar with. So it's totally interesting. And of course, when you study under different things and when you learn about different witchcraft techniques and um traditions all of this kind of stuff comes into play as well and just makes it so interesting it does it just it it's just a reminder of how amazing the universe is yeah you see all of these different practices that different people have um created and nurtured and passed down through all different places and uh, I, I don't know. I think it's really, 
fascinating. And I, like you, am no, super in love with language. Like language, when I was a kid, I went to school, like I have a degree in French. I have a degree in Italian. Um, I studied linguistics. <laughs> like language was always my favorite <laughs> thing. My dad and I, when I was a kid, had our own language. Like he would ask me questions wow. and then I would respond <laughs> to it with words that we made up. <laughs> um, oh, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that it's so... I, one of the thing one of the billions of things that I love about magic is the fact that there are so many different languages that you can immerse yourself in. Yeah, absolutely. And even if we look down at the basics of say like spellcrafting and all of those kind of elements that make up witchcraft all involve language to some degree or other. Um, and yeah, it's just totally fascinating. And it's so funny because half the time I want to explain an experience that I have. I can't find a language in any of the languages that I know. I can't find a word in those languages, you know, to describe the experience because it the English language or like spoken language doesn't always work for magic. So like when you're doing spirit work and journey work and you come back from having a really profound experience it looks like you were just sitting there doing nothing. Like I had an experience the other day in my room. Can I talk about it, Paul? Yeah, sure. All right. So one of our friends passed away and I was listening oddly. I was trying to get my work done and I was oddly listening to a, um, a podcast uh, about this guy who coined the term near-death experience and he did studies about uh, near-death experiences for a bunch of years. And I was sitting at my desk listening to this podcast and trying to work, but I couldn't because I was sad. And so I was staring out the window, out the, out the trees, and I was just kind of like the words that he was talking about and like all these weird dimensions about... Um, death like things that he was talking about kind of came into my head and then out and earlier in the day Paul and I went for a walk and I asked the person who had passed away to I wanted to see a daffodil like if you're here with me I want to see a daffodil it's super early in the spring to see a daffodil so it's a not it's not a thing that I and we went on a walk and we saw some crocuses but no daffodils and so in this moment, I'm in my office, sad, trying to work, looking out the window, listen to a podcast about death. And I look over and on my dresser, I have this like tin that we keep stuff in on our dresser and it has a bunch of flowers on it. And there's only one, it's round daffodil on the whole thing. And I never really thought about it, but it was facing me. So I'm looking out the window, thinking about death, being kind of sad, turn my head. Um, and there it is there's the daffodil. And then I look back out the window and I see that I have an experience where I communicate with the person who died. And if you would have seen me sitting there, it would have looked like nothing happened. <laughs> like it was just me sitting in a chair and then I'm crying. But meanwhile, I had like an entirely profound spiritual experience on another place yeah. that I can't really have lang that I don't exactly have language for to explain. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then and I, I found I as well, 
yeah absolutely i mean and i found even with the obs stuff when we do a lot of journey work a lot of people um struggle to kind of convey the depth of feeling that they've had during that journey work because ultimately language is just trying to describe what you think feel perceive have gone through to somebody else and even when you do find the words to say it and you hear yourself saying it it just sounds not lame but you know it kind of sounds like oh it doesn't sound as good as I thought it would because you know some things just cannot be conveyed properly through language or you ex or and or sometimes too I think for me when I'm like explaining the experience I had of like talking to this person and it happening it's be it's real it's like yeah. I'm having and then just in another energetic place but when I explain it with words, it sounds like I'm saying that this like grandiose, right? It makes it yeah. like, and then people are like, why can't I have experiences like that? And the truth is like, you totally can if you learn how to sit in that energy space. Or almost you, and you are, allow, you are having Yeah, them. and you're allowing yourself to have yeah. it, even if you don't have words to express the profundity and the 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 real experience that you just had Does yeah and i think you made a really good point then yeah absolutely and like allowing yourself the time to do these things you know because we are all so busy we've all got so many constraints on our time and it's one of the things so when i started off the OBA apprenticeship program for the first couple of weeks i think i did everybody's head in because i'm like these are the practices. I want you to master these kind of techniques and these kind of things. So it, I think one was like a circular breathing technique, which is just really uncomfortable. It's not necessarily difficult, but it's quite uncomfortable to do for a prolonged amount of time. And another was to kind of um, master the art of being still. And it sounds so, so when I put it in the group, it's like for 15 minutes and, you know, it sounds like, oh yes, I can do that. But literally it is torture. <laughs> um, and I really wanted people to master those techniques because those are the kind of techniques that we draw upon time and time again, not just in Obia, but, you know, in any kind of um, spiritual practice. And it's those techniques that allow you to kind of set time for yourself um, to do this. And I just think a lot, of, a lot of times in witchcraft, people are looking for something that's quick and easy and they can do just once and, you know, and then they expect results from that. And, like I say witchcraft is work because it is work. You have to kind of set out a set time. You have to give yourself that time and that space. Um, and you have to make yourself slightly uncomfortable in doing so. So, yeah, that totally makes sense. You have to allow yourself to kind of be open to those experiences. And it feels like more than anything, what we're doing is building relationships. Yeah. Um, we are not asking spirit. I mean, sometimes I do ask spirits or different people that I, different spirit that I work with to help in some way. Right. But I would yeah. say 99% of the time is just me building relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've told you this story before, Jessica, where, um, so I'm in the Covenant of Hecate, which is um, it's a worldwide kind of group. Um, and, you know, Hecate is the goddess who we kind of worship. And so one of my friends is really interested and I invited her along to my regular 
dark boon ritual which is literally a devotional so just kind of um leaving food offerings you know it's it's a ritual and but you're not asking for anything it is purely devotional and so she's come round and she's quite new to this kind of stuff although she's been interested in it for a long time she's really just finding her her feet and she's like so what are we going to ask for I'm like nothing <laughs> we're not going to ask for nothing we're just going to give her some food we're just going to feed her and that is literally it <laughs> and- can you imagine making a new friend like I know. And your friends now, you're like co-workers, right? Yeah. You both work in the same office and you meet them. And then all of a sudden you're like, could you do this for me? Could you do this for me? Could you do that for me? And you're like, wait a second. Yeah. I didn't really know you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I feel like relationship building with spirits is something that is often maybe overlooked by people who are first because it's it's a wake-up call you soon get a wake-up call so you don't carry on that for long because you know um just nothing happens so it feels as if you have to be um operating from an animist perspective in the world in order to do spirit work yeah i agree and like i'm always banging on about animism to people whether it's in my discussions about witchcraft and spirituality or in my articles um it is something that is massive for me because it underlies everything um the world is spirit um and so you know it makes total sense to me that it's important to build those relationships with spirit yeah and it's spirit is you're able to connect and access spirit and interact with spirit in that energetic space. If you allow yourself the imagination, right, to do it, because that's a really important part. I know a lot of people want, like when we do journeys and then they're like, I don't know, I think it's just me. I'm like, well, pay attention to it and stop, you know, negative talk to your, nagging yourself about everything yeah and I think that is a really big hurdle that people struggle to get over it's when you experience something you question yourself is how much of it was genuine experience and how much of it was you kind of projecting onto yourself and you know it's really easy to talk yourself out of having experienced something because we find it so difficult to kind of put our logical minds to one side and just experience something yeah. So like, I think sometimes people get self-doubt or grumpy about journey work if they so like, well, then I went over here and I did this and then I looked at this, but nothing really profound happened. And you're like, well, you just like flew around and saw all this cool stuff. That's amazing. Right. So like, even in yeah. that place where you are experiencing something, you're somehow downplaying it as like, not valuable but existing and having fun is valuable (laughs) yeah and there's also value in kind of failure as well so I always go back to like my kickboxing and boxing days because they just make such good analogies so like it's inevitable that when you fight for a long time ultimately there's going to be a time where you come up against where you have a bad day in the office and you lose a fight and 
you know, it's crap and you feel so low afterwards. But my coach always used to say, there's no such thing as a loss. If you go away, you work on whatever it was that was troubling you that night and you come back stronger. So if we turn that on to kind of spirit work and witchcraft generally, if something doesn't work, then you need to be able to kind of go into it and explore why it might not have worked for you. And a lot of the times it's just things like maybe you weren't in the right mind, um, frame of mind. Maybe sometimes you expected too much of yourself. Um, so, you know, even when things maybe don't turn out as you would hope or you don't get the experiences that you might have wanted, um, if you can kind of analyse that and maybe make tweaks the next time, because it's all a learning curve, isn't it? This is what practical yeah. stuff is. And it's also uh, important to remember, I think sometimes people have this voice in their head. They're like, that's for other people. Well, yeah. that voice is your ego telling you that you're not important enough to be able to see energies or an interact. That is not true. And that is not real. That is you telling yourself things. Um, and so I think yeah. that if you have a bad experience and then that like and then that's going back into the conditioning of like i can't do things and so if you just continue to do the thing right so like i'm doing a class yeah. right now i'm teaching a class right now and a part of the class is that you um are just i'm asking you to do this homework and i just want you to do it if you can you i maybe i can't yeah. feel the thing that you're talking about do it anyway keep doing the thing yeah. For a little, you know, like you have to get into doing the thing and then eventually a click will happen and you'll feel it. Like I, I, I always use the example of intention. I have, I mean, we've been using that word, Paul and I, for years and years. Like we have to put intention and in, like what are our intentions in this and putting out an intention. And I remember yeah. I was doing some kind of like ritual and I was putting an intention into something and I had been working on energy and feeling energies for at least, I don't know, several months, if not a year or for a while. Right. Yeah. And I actually felt because I had been doing so much energy work and like trying to get in touch with the way my energy feels and the way spirits, different spirits feel. I put an intention out and I could feel it go out. And I was like, Oh, I get it. But I had been doing it for months and months and months. And then at one, some point, kind of all of the things that I was working towards came together in that moment to really feel energetically what that means. And so I, sometimes people will be like, well, I can't feel it. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Not like yeah. sit for 60 minutes and fight with yourself about not trying. I'm not that's not what we're talking about. Right. But I just mean yeah. like, um, trying to move energy around and opening up to that space and, and, um, sitting for 10 minutes, just try it. It, it actually kind of takes me back to my experience with martial arts as well. I remember starting Brazilian jujitsu and I had no grappling experience whatsoever. And I mean, on the first day, they're like, okay, now go wrestle this person. And you're like, I don't even know what you're talking yeah. about. I don't have, I have no moves. I have no attack. I have no defense. And they're just like, yeah, go, just go do it. And then, and I just kept coming. Every day I had the opportunity <laughs> to come to the gym. 
thrown me, you know, them just throwing me at some monster <laughs> every day. <laughs> and then eventually it just started happening. Like, like, you know, we, we, we drilled it, we drilled a move and then suddenly it, it happened in that moment where I was like, Oh, that yeah. move, Let's try that out. And I can counter. And then I'd still get my, yeah. but it was still like, you know, it's just like the every, I just came every day I could go. And then I found that yeah. I could, I understood the language. And you didn't shit on yourself yeah. for not being able to do it. You allowed yourself to get beat up and keep trying. You allowed yeah. your, your coach, is it called a coach or a teacher? I don't know. Oh, professor, a- teacher. <laughs> I've got my kids too, yeah. Yeah, because they're there to help you, right? And so they're also yeah. in your corner. So like, even though you're not doing the way you're supposed to, they are supporting you. So just to, as a like a side note on how important it is to be supportive of yourself and kind of seek out people that are going to be supportive of you. It's <laughs> really yeah. important. Yeah, I also, I find I also, it's so important. Yeah, I also understand like the other people who get frustrated in, in their practice and and again, it takes me back to the, my gym days is like, eventually, you know, I just didn't get frustrated. I didn't feel the need that I had to win. I was just trying to learn the the art, right. And get a work. Yeah. I didn't have to. So that's, those were my yes. goals. And I, and then I got on top of it community, but aside from that, like, and then I was, I was pretty much assumed the person that was introducing white belts their first day to to the practice yeah and that was hard because i'm small and they don't want to get beat up by me but i know what's happening and they Mm -hmm. don't you know maybe they had a wrestling background or whatever so it's just guys trying to like clobber you expecting this experience like oh i'm gonna be able to take this guy and then like having to deal with like oh i got you know five six like 135 pound dude just choked me out and like it's it's kind of a hard experience but so it's like i get I, I kind of, I, I can kind of even picture those people. It's like, I wanted that profound experience that day. I'm ready. It's like, well, you know, it just, yeah it'll come, but you got to keep, you got to come every day. And sometimes you're going to have to get humbled. <laughs> it's just, it's weird. Yeah. Oh, that is such good. Yeah. That is so important. Like being humble. Um, and I think it's something that we often overlook because I think in like the everyday world, um, or what we might call the real world, um, you know, you, you get so used to shouting out about yourself, you know, like in the jobs market or, you know, at school you or whatever it is, you have to be kind of conditioned yourself to say how good you are at this, this, this and this in order to get ahead. And um, that is so alien to me anyway. If anything, I'm like the exact opposite. <laughs> Yeah, like in a job interview, you're supposed to, they ask you what your, your, like, you know, what are your bad qualities? And you have to take your good qualities and make them sound bad. Perhaps I work too hard. That is a bad quality. (laughs) Oh, capitalism. You're supposed to do the most ridiculous things. Like my balance and my, my constant work for you. Yeah. So it's kind of like being humble is one of those things where I think we've forgotten the importance of it somewhat. I agree. I really agree because it it would help if if a lot of us would consistently 
think about being humble and what that means and maybe that we don't know everything and maybe being open to hearing other people's points of view and maybe uh, reevaluating what we we think we know. Absolutely. And asking for help. Uh, most it's just like all of these communities. If you're really serious about it, everybody's so welcoming if you just ask the question. I don't know what I don't know the words you are speaking right now. It doesn't make any sense to me. And and that's an okay question, but sometimes people are like I just don't know what they're talking about. This must not be for me. And you haven't really even given yeah. it that. And you can guarantee Yeah. And you can guarantee if one person asks that question, usually two or three other people in the group have been thinking it, but they just didn't want to to say it. <laughs> they didn't be want to be the one to vocalize it. And so yeah. And sometimes you don't even know how to vocalize your worries or your questions because of the language barrier problem that we yeah. discussed. Like, and yeah. so when then if somebody can find words for it, then you're like, yes, fi- finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes yeah, you don't absolutely. even know how to ask the question. Yeah. No, that's totally valid and true in like everything not just like witchcraft but you know across all kinds of things i find i want to go back to saying i want to say um that that is why like a mentorship like what you are doing um or a class like what i am doing and there's i'm sure a ton of other kind of mentorship groups where there are these small groups of individuals that get together to learn a practice to work with each other on a practice and to support each other through this kind of work is so important because you can say the things you can try and at least express the questions and concerns and then you have yeah. someone that might be able to support you in that way. Yeah, absolutely. So what I try and do in the um, IBEA apprenticeship program is, um, although it is very much an individual path, having that group there. So, you know, if we do journey work, I fully hope people kind of chat to one another. Um, And even if you just drop someone a private message and you go, oh, I didn't I don't know about what we did the other day and then it's just good to have somebody else who isn't necessarily high or perceived to be higher or lower than you you can just have that conversation as equals um and I find that so conducive to learning anything um and even in these kind of mentorship programs like uh and I feel like that you would be this that you feel this way so correct me if I'm wrong you feel like you learn so much from teaching it right like you are learning and interacting with people you are teaching them the things that you know but you are also learning things it's like this so there isn't this like I am up here and you are below me it is kind of like I have knowledge I want to share it with you because it is important and you're the right person to share it with and together that's 100% true yeah it's not yeah, some weird hierarchy and... where there's like some priestess at the top. Not that there's anything wrong oh, with priestesses. Gosh, no. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know no, what I mean. But, um, you know. Sorry, priestesses. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, that made no, me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, but you know, in a genuine kind of hierarchy, those things are great. But you know, we know there's a lot of um, self-proclaimed priestesses and priests out there. Who, it was really I was thinking yeah. of dude gurus. Like I don't, I said priestess yeah. for some reason, but I was totally thinking of gurus. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think it's important. <laughs> I think it's important when we setting these up. So. I'm absolutely learning from the people who come because, you know, as you go through life generally, you pick up biases, you kind of, it's just what happens. We are humans as imperfectly perfect as we are. That just happens. You pick up biases along the way, or maybe, you know, you didn't like a particular exercise or aspect of doing something because they're uncomfortable because we are creatures of comfort as well. And so sometimes when you established in a practice, you might kind of, pick and choose and cherry pick those things that you like so going back and teaching and um saying to people you need to do this I know it's uncomfortable and I don't like it either so um it I do it as well because I think I'm a big believer in not asking other people to do something I'm not willing to do myself so I take part in all the journeys and um any kind of ritual or any anything that I ask the people on the program to do you can guarantee I will do a run through before I will kind of reintroduce myself to some certain things that maybe I've been neglecting somewhat because it's important that we do those things. So, yeah, you definitely learn from the people that you are teaching and they come in with a fresh kind of set of eyes as well. So they sometimes notice things that maybe I, I've glossed over or maybe not picked up on before. So it's really interesting. It's definitely a learning curve for me as well. Yeah, and it's really fun because we all um, have different backgrounds, right? Yeah. Um, And experiences and life paths. So we can all sit down to have the same journey, have many aspects be eerily similar. um, Yeah. But we're all coming from different places. And so learning where other people are coming from and then hearing their experiences it kind of opens it up so much more and it's really interesting I love that aspect of like working in small groups me too me too absolutely and it was something that I'd set out to do anyway so the program I think when I think we started with around 12 or 13 people and you know some people have left due to various reasons um some perhaps it's just not the right time for some people and you know it's not sometimes it's not until you try something that maybe you realize it's not for you or you're not in that right space in your own personal life to kind of commit seriously so a few people have dropped out for whatever reason and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that um either so yeah it's been so good though that small group and you can really get to know the people. Um, so I definitely always wanted to keep the AB apprenticeship program really small. Um, and it just works. Yeah, it's like building, it's community building, really. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I know there's a few people in the group or a couple of people who kind of reach out to one another. They live quite close to one another. And so that's natural. And that's really good. And, you know, it's it's so positive. I love it. It's funny when I, um, I think it was like in 2019, I was convinced that Paul and I needed to live in a small community of magic people. Like, but in my mind, I was really convinced that it meant here, like 
in real life, like I would have a house and there would be other yeah. people that had small houses and we could all be together. Um, and, but really what happened for me is that I started creating a community just like you have created a community. And now we are also a part of each other's communities, yeah. right? And we are building these communities, the ones that I really did envision, um, many of us i'm sure envisioned it but it is just looks so different than what i was attempting to manifest right like i and it's funny because it yeah. took me a really long time to notice that i actually got what i had called in because it didn't look yeah the way i i had asked for it you know what i mean but it does feel yeah supportive and loving and I learn a lot from other people in my community. Like I am learning so much. I think other people can learn from me and I can learn from them. And there is this like weaving of knowledge within the group. It reminds me of the thing you're sitting in front of. There's this, you're uh, and on your actual wall behind <laughs> you, there is this little um, yeah. piece of artwork that is like looping around. And that's what it feels like living in this community. We are really, our energy is like, looping and weaving itself yeah and so i recently retaught forgotten radicals the reclaiming ourselves course and you know it's always surprising where you know people often just need that little nudging direction or maybe just a change in perspective or how they initially pictured something so one of the topics that comes up is self-defense and um you know, so many people see that as a violent reaction. And I was like, but self-defense can be a lot of different things. It can be de-escalating a situation using words or body language or, you know, de-escalating it by helping somebody. It's, and it's really important to kind of change people's perspectives, not just on that, but on a lot of different things. And, you know, and as you're changing perspectives, your perspective is also being changed constantly. It's almost, you know... It's that symbiotic kind of give and take relationship. You're always learning something from the people that you're teaching and community building with. And, you know, part of what, because community building is also um, something that comes up in the Reclaiming Ourselves course. And I often say, so like, there'll be lots of people with different abilities and so on and so forth. And they say, well, I can't do this. And it's like, well, instead of just focusing on what you can't do, focus on what you can offer somebody. So, you know, there's always a way around something and it's just getting people to kind of see that. Because sometimes we, you know, it goes back to all of the self-doubt and all of the ways of not doing something or we kind of focus on the negatives and of what we can't do um, instead of perhaps looking at what we can do. So it's so important. I think that's such a, I love what you just said, because I do think that we need so much to remember the word perspective. So if you uh, see something, if you read something and your initial reaction is to get upset with it, are you, what is the perspective that you're looking at it from? Is it possible that your perspective is, is not serving you in that moment? right? Um, like maybe defense yeah. isn't about punching someone in the face. Maybe it is about being safe in your surroundings or de-escalating situations or, um, yeah. I mean, like even defense to me is definitely like setting up healthy boundaries and there's nothing physically yeah. aggressive 
about setting up healthy boundaries. Um, so it's really important yes. that word perspective. Yeah. And boundary setting is so important, I find, even in the, the magical and witchcraft traditions, because I think when you, I know I was certainly this person who, when you first discover that, you know, what you're into has a name and there's actual people that do it and, you know, you're so excited and you think, oh, I finally found a community of people that are going to be loving and accepting. But actually, <laughs> like, it's not, <laughs> but, you know, we're all humans and, um, I found that, you know, there are definitely some people out there who are like that in the magical or spiritual um, communities. But oftentimes you come up against those same issues that you do in the wider world. People who perhaps want to dominate or, you know, um, lead in that way that is quite um, more of a dictatorship than, <laughs> you know. So you get all of those kind of things. So I was quite naive when I first entered into the magical slash spiritual slash pagan community because you come in with those expectations that oh yes I found but and then so when you do come across those people it can be a little bit disheartening but then you just have to kind of find the people that you kind of your spiritual community I suppose is is a term that I 100% agree with everything that you just said, because that is exactly something that happened to me as well, which is why I really have to work on discernment, right? Um, because I want very much to be able to be open and talk with people about these sorts of things and these kinds of things. Um, but I also need to make sure that the energy of the people that I'm talking with is going to be positive in my direction as well right I don't want I yeah. want to be with people who want to have a give and take um and don't and, yeah. and so yeah and so I had to learn the hard way on that and I bet most people do uh and I, I know that we've talked about it before because we talked about how in the magical community there has been um a history in the magical community of um unhealthy relationships in this kind of I'm yeah. listening to men in particular was our conversation because it was a conversation about um, people who were grooming others in the magical community grooming yeah. young women and so it's something that I think that people should be aware of when they when they wake up that you are so excited and you want to get yourself out there and you want to have these experiences and you do want to find somebody that's done it right so it makes sense that you're looking yeah. for people that you that you think know what they're talking about but just also be um not wary in the way that you don't do it but just you know have more discernment and think about yeah. what is happening with you yeah um, and make sure that you feel safe absolutely yeah, and because a lot of the times when those things happen, so I often say there are always going to be um, those predatory type people because it's just human nature, you know, right. across the whole swathe of humanity. There are going to be good people, there are going to be bad people, and there are going to be people in between in all kinds of different shades. And, you know, it's not necessarily a black and white issue where this person's good and this person's bad. Um, and so when you're out there looking and you know someone you find a, a teacher and sometimes people ask you to do things so a lot of 
we've already spoken about things that are uncomfortable. And when I speak about doing exercises that are uncomfortable, sometimes that is like mentally uncomfortable. So someone's going to have to work through some kind of mental block they've got or, you know, the activity might be physically uncomfortable, like sitting still for 15 minutes. So there is that element of doing things that are uncomfortable because we grow from that. And But when you're new to the community, you might not necessarily understand that you're uncomfortable because somebody's asked you to do something that is just wrong anyway. And so you might feel like you have to go forward with that because maybe, you know, you start doubting yourself. Maybe I'm just uncomfortable because I'm new and maybe if I do it, it'll feel better. And so I feel, yeah, it's just a massive issue, I find. And discernment is 100%, you know, you've got to go in there and you can't be afraid to question people, um, especially people who are um, putting themselves forward as teachers. You know, if, if it's important that you question them, absolutely, 100%. And also seek out other people for their opinions. And it's just so important. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard, um, it, it's not just the magic community. It's probably all communities. Yeah. It's like a, when you move to a new city and it is hard to put yourself out there. And then also like you have to have done so much self-work and being yeah. able to to um, hear something that makes you feel uncomfortable and respond to it in a way that is healthy and not freaking out, right? So yeah. to be able to talk the back and forth um, and say why you're uncomfortable and then be able to listen. Um, and, and so it, it's interesting because you go to, at least for our com like spiritual communities, because you want to do, you want to do that hard work, right? You want to do the ego yeah. work and the work and identify where some of that negative conditioning comes from and so you seek out somebody yeah. that's going to help you with that and you don't know if you can trust yourself or not and it's really it's it's an interesting um it's an interesting path for yeah. all of us when we, when we start and so I, all, I often say to people yeah and I often say to people you know ask questions make sure you're asking these people questions because a lot of the time you can tell um, the type of person by the response that you get. If your teacher is willing to sit down and point you in different directions and maybe different sources and explain things to you in a calm, rational way that really make you feel reassured, then great. But if someone reacts and their reaction to you questioning them is anger, that would like be a red flag in my mind. Like, why are they getting angry, you know? I often think it's weird when people don't question um, you. So as a teacher, I expect to be questioned because I'm putting myself out there. And people, you know, you've got to be trusted. Your students have to be able to trust you and trust that you're going to give them the right information. So definitely question, 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 question. Well, that's a good, that's a good topic. So what, do you guys want to share, like, what are some common questions that you ask of your teachers that are that have been good experiences to kind of help you discern better with them because I think a lot of people don't even know which questions to ask in in this type of setting yeah so um I suppose it depends ultimately what you're being asked to do so for example in the OBM program lots of people ask questions like what do I need what can I expect all of those normal types of questions but then I suppose um, if you were doing something and for me the biggest thing is if somebody's making asking you to do something and your initial reaction is an intrinsic kind of 
uncomfortableness um I think you have to kind of question that and why it's so it's just you know question anything and everything you know it can be it doesn't matter how small it is because oftentimes I think we talk ourselves out of asking those questions because they might sound small and insignificant so for example it might be um during this activity this happened is that normal which sounds like such a you know such an inane question but as somebody asking that you know you're kind of saying I've had this experience is it normal and the worst thing you want to be told is no that's so weird oh my gosh what did you do you know so it puts you in a position of vulnerability anyway asking a question but I feel it is good spiritually to do yeah and if you are going into some sort of situation where you are asking other people for advice um, about your own spiritual or magical path and you can't be vulnerable with them that's not really a valid it's not going to be really a good working relationship for you if you can't be vulnerable enough to ask the question if you can't be vulnerable enough to say what you just said made me uncomfortable Um, then you're not going to get out of what you need to get out of it. If you're not going to be true to yourself, then you're not going to be able to, to work in that way. That's in my experience, very true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And so like, as a teacher, I try and make sure people have different avenues of communication because I'm fully aware that, um, so I say it's an individual path, but we ha- we are doing it as a group. So there is like a, a group chat and that kind of stuff. And I'm very aware that pe- some people will have questions they don't want to ask in front of an audience. And so I think if if you are somebody looking to participate in something or, or you're going to somebody for advice, how open are they? Are they open to kind of um, listening to you in a private way or is it very public? Um you know, I, I find that sometimes the lines are so blurred between um, magical slash spiritual and just everyday kind of life. For me, everything kind of flows into each other anyway. So I really struggle separating those um, basic things out. But it kind of comes down to the kind of person you are. Are you somebody who is willing to kind of give somebody this time and space to raise those questions in a manner that makes them comfortable? Um, how accommodating can you be to that person? I think they're all questions that teachers or people hoping to pass on some sort of knowledge need to think about before they even make themselves open to teaching others. It's so important. Yeah, like if you ask your te- somebody that's teaching you things um, a question and their response is get over it, <laughs> then um it's not the best is that a thing um it well it's like well if you don't sit down and explain why it is that you're asking somebody to do something like if your teacher can't sit and explain to you well i would like for you to try it this way because here are all the reasons right and then you know that's really important being able to explain why you want people to do something is really important and also like if you if it makes you uncomfortable if you have a history of something and somebody says something um and and they don't really acknowledge that uniqueness in your path yeah then that's also an issue yeah absolutely i, kinda, I also like 100%. to i think a good question for that's kind of like helped me kind of, or at least, you know, I may not have been discerning when I was 
um, having, you know, attempting relationship with other people in the spiritual community. And you kind of go back and you're like, yeah. what are some red flags? I think that's, well, I mean, that alone is just something good. Like, why didn't that, why didn't that work? Why wasn't that a good fit? Can I bring those types yeah. of experience into future interactions with other people so that, you know, I know where my boundaries lay and where theirs lie. Yeah. And also being able to look back at those experiences in a way that you are seeing your part in that experience. And it's not just, man, people suck and take advantage of other people. But it's like, (laughs) how did I end up in this situation? And how did I not notice these red flags? And how will I avoid this in the future? So it is not um, using it as a chance to like, attack someone else as much as it is a chance to figure out how you um got onto that path too i, I just as a side yeah, note sometimes i see people just are like attacking other people or complain they're blaming everything solely on another person and it is not really helpful for your growth as a person no no and i find that like in do you know what term I bloody hate, like witch wars, where they use it to kind of talk about arguments between big figures in the witchcraft or spiritual community? I hate that because I just think people get so caught up on that issue itself without really exploring, you know, the issues behind it. And oftentimes what you see is people who are in this person's camp or in this person's camp and you know, they defend them blindly. And I sometimes think everyone just needs to take a step back, look at the issues underneath, because oftentimes things just get clouded um, with lots of other things that build up. And yeah, it's it's not easy to navigate. Absolutely not. And it's so easy to see how sometimes people can fall prey to um, the guru type people, you know. <laughs> And you can like and respect somebody, but also not agree with every single thing they say and the behave every single one of their behaviors. Yeah, right? of I mean, you can you don't have to defend someone that you like in every single behavior that they have. You know, sometimes people are having a bad day and you're like, whoa, bad days yeah. happen. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Yeah. It just reminds me of like our political system here in the US. You're like, I agree with everything Republicans say because I'm a Republican. And I yeah. agree with everything Democrats say because I'm a Democrat. And you're like, is that really nuanced thinking? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, know. Really I used to work with a lady. I used to work with a lady and she was working class. We both worked in the shop together, but I think she thought she was middle class. Anyway, over here you have like the Tories and Labour. So that's the Conservatives and Labour Party. And she was like, I'm true blue, which means she like votes for the Tories, whatever. So, um, which to me is just like craziness. You're not really thinking about how that's going to affect you in your life. And anyway, long story short, she voted for the Tories. And then they brought in a policy that actually reduced the amount of money that went into her household. Like, and then she'd come to work and be like, oh my God, I can't believe they've done this. And it's like, well, you knew they were going to. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Like national, yeah, all that stuff where you have to put all of your eggs in one basket and like you don't get to question. It's the same thing as like having a teacher and your teacher tells you something that you're uncomfortable with and you don't ask. Like, how about you have some issues that you 
are uncomfortable with and you ask what the solution is and there is no, or like, what are we going to collectively do about it? Nothing, you know? Yeah. Why do yeah. you keep putting all of your eggs in that basket? I know. And so like for the group that I teach, um, I often say to people, you know, everyone is individual. So what works for one person might not work for the other. So if we do a, a group journey and some people have really profound experiences, but then other people um, struggle to kind of get into that place. And then they're like, well, everyone, you know, I'd, I often say to them, don't worry about that. Perhaps it was just, you know, it could have been having a bad day. Perhaps that particular technique doesn't work for you um you know there is no one right way of doing anything least of all in the spiritual magical realm so you know it's it's taking that time to really find what works for people and a good teacher will do that yeah and knowing that things come in the time in their own time right so maybe you sit down to do a journey with your group and um you have a profound experience and someone else doesn't they just might not be on the day that this is going to work yeah for them. that we don't yeah, all have exactly. to like forge ahead in you know like because then it does then you kind of creep back into that oh, I can't do this or I can't get this like other people. Um, so it's nice, It's important to have mentors or teachers or people in your community that remind you that, you know, you've got yeah. time. You've got time to do this. There's no reason yeah, that you're excluded. Yeah, and I try and get that across even in my writing, you know, if I'm writing an article. I often kind of try and get that point across because it's so important you know, even for people who do all of their work in a group setting that is properly a group, you know, ultimately it is still a personal journey despite being in the group because you're in that group for your own personal reasons. Yes, community building is great. Like when it works, it is awesome. But you're also hoping to get something from that that benefits you personally, you know. So I often say to people, don't worry too much about what everybody else is doing. Um, sometimes or at least you could take the lesson like hey this is working for people which means that it will work for me yeah in my okay. yeah so I don't need to take it as oh they're better than me or they get this more than me and I don't get to do this it's just not your time and you can keep practicing and so it's kind of like learning how to play the piano you sit down you don't know how to play but you, you know, you muddle through it and then you learn and then you learn and you get better and you get better and then eventually it will work when it's your time. Yeah. And do you know what I'm going to like, it's like my boxing coach used to say, he used to say, like, some people will be naturally skilled and have a natural talent, which is great. But if, you know, that person who is naturally talented is just kind of relying on that natural talent and they're not putting in the work then ultimately at some point you will overtake them because you're there every day you're putting in the work like hard work always beats natural talent anyway um you know so yeah it's absolutely important to recognize that in the magical sense yeah I love this conversation because it is really what it is I think I don't know. We just sat down and started talking. We didn't really have an agenda for our conversation, but it really feels like um, kind of 
empowerment for people. Like if you want to find things, you can find things in your own time and it will work for you. And there are communities out there that have mentorships and teaching groups that you can learn from. And maybe you didn't find one yet, but it's okay. You can keep looking. People are out there. Yeah, absolutely. Community building, which is like perfect for you because I always think you of you as like a community building guru. So, well, oh, let's not use that. <laughs> let's call me a guru. Um, community building master. master. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's super. ruler. <laughs> <laughs> Can you be the community building high priestess? I... <laughs> I'll <Okay>. take it. <laughs> community building go-to lady? No? Gendered? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Language. <laughs> hey, guys, if you want to learn about yeah, books and classes and... Um, uh, mentorships for that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah and like anyone can do community building though you know um sometimes people i think sometimes what puts people off community building is we often question ourselves like what have i got to offer or you know yeah. what what position am i in to to do this kind of thing but everybody has something to offer and community building can be something so simple so the first time I ran the Reclaiming Ourselves course, and we talked about building solidarity networks and uh, mutual aid networks. And I often start off really, really small because that's where you start. And from those small things, you know, they grow. So it might be, um, I don't know, someone suggested once that they, they live in a building and maybe doing potluck night where everyone brings an ingredient and they all share and they make stuff and, you know, and it, it can be just little things, you know, all, some, all it takes sometimes is that one person to reach out to others, because oftentimes everybody else, it goes back to what we've already spoken about, you know, with the questioning, sometimes everybody will be feeling that way, but they might not want have a way to articulate it, or they might not feel um, confident enough to kind of broach, you know, make that initial connection. Um so small ways, starting small for community building is so important, even in the magical realm as well. It can just be starting I don't know, a social media group. Um, so the first time, um, well, one of the first times I really got involved in community outside of just my own practice was when I found out my own town, which is a small rural town in the middle of England, had like a pagan group. Um, and it was just like an eclectic mix of people. They just meet up in the pub and it was a social um event we call them moots over here i don't know are you guys familiar with that word no so a moot yeah we'd have moots which is um you just go and have like a social get together with like-minded people and it was great some people in the group you might not get on with as much as you do others but you know that's the beautifulness of humanity isn't it everybody's different I started one right in my town. I started one, um, a meetup group for like the esoteric community in my town. Um, but that was like a meet, like two months later, 
COVID happened. Yeah. So now I have uh, like meetup group and then people keep joining, which is great. So eventually um, we are going to be able to have the meetup and I do want to <laughs> do that. I do think like, I know I did discuss earlier how important it is and how excited I am that like I did build a community. It just looks a little bit different. I also do want to build a community in my town too, or there is one already. I want to like mingle in it as well as everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it was really weird for me because, um, how long, I don't know, maybe five, six, I don't know how long I've known them that it's been a few years anyway, but I can remember. So I was messaging the, the group back and forth, but I was a really shy, I'm quite a shy introverted person, believe it or not. Um, and, <laughs> and so like, I fully get how intimidating it can be to put yourself out there, to reach out to people who maybe you don't know, you don't know what they're like. And I can always remember the first time I was going to meet them. And my partner is so supportive. He's not really into like um, magical stuff. We have great conversations about spiritual. And I can, you know, he's very open and supportive, but he's not into like magical stuff. Um, well, I say he is, but he says he's not because the conversations are anyway so I can remember the first time I was going to meet up with this group and because it's such a weird thing to do you know um and it was like oh my god are they where are you going what are their names like how do you know they're okay and they're normal I'm like well I'm kind of hoping they are but you know we met up in a public space so it was really good and yeah but I fully get how intimidating it can be and there's so many things that might put people off from making those initial community links but it's so rewarding when it works as long as you go in there with discernment and, and kind of able you know go in there and set boundaries be discerning listen to your gut instinct because I often think you you know how many times have you done something and your gut's telling you no no this is wrong but you do it anyway and you think why didn't I just listen to myself oh so often that ha and like oh man I we have three daughters and I do think about that a lot because as I was growing up I remember being uncomfortable and then just having to kind of move through the discomfort to make sure other people were comfortable and I yeah. really don't teach my kids that I want to teach my kids to voice their discomfort at least to me so that we can work through it and that you don't have to live life by being uncomfortable because you're yeah. I mean, because you, I said so, or because so-and-so said so, um, you're allowed, I want, yeah. I, I really wasn't raised, I'm, um, I really do remember being like, you're supposed to be kind to people and smile to people, even if they make you uncomfortable, even if they say something that's really rude yeah. and you don't know how to respond, don't say like, wow, that made me uncomfortable. Why would you say such a mean thing to an adult? You couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, and I was the same, you know, very much. It was very much the mentality that kids were um, seen and not heard, you know, hate that phrase. But like back in the day, that's what that's how you were raised. It was so important. And now I've, I really like the shift that's kind of going on. So I kind of raised my kids the same way that you've raised yours. You know, I don't want to make them do stuff that is terribly uncomfortable for them and not in like a um a smother kind of wrapping them up in cotton wool way because you know you still want them to learn and have those experiences and learn from but again it's setting boundaries and telling your kids it's okay to set boundaries when something really doesn't sit well with you 
Yeah, and it's really interesting because I didn't learn how to set boundaries or learn anything about that until I was older. And so now my our kids are at an age where they need to learn how to set boundaries. Yeah. And so working through this stuff uh, together and then I'm, I'm seeing what it might look like as a kid to grow up in a, in, a, in a way that you tell people you're uncomfortable or that you don't do things that you don't want to do. <laughs> I I yeah. get really excited about that for kid, for for young people. Yeah, I agree. And even in like the magical world, so I do tarot reading, and oftentimes, you know, you'll get people who don't respect your boundaries as a tarot reader. Like, you know, and it's difficult when you first start because you're putting yourself out there as a tarot reader or someone who's offering a service. But then some people then. I don't know, perhaps they're so wrapped up in what's going on, they don't realise that you're an actual human as well with everything else that comes with being a human. Um, so I'd get messages like, all, all, or at all hours, and they're like, can you fit me in for a reading? I'm like, well, no. And they're like, well, it's only a 10-minute one. I'm like, well, I said no, <laughs> you know. Um, and so setting boundaries, even as somebody who is practicing something even when you're putting that out there to other people you still have to have boundaries and boundaries is just like a key word I think in magical practice yeah and then not worrying that other people are going to see your boundaries as you being a bad person or you being unkind or or this or that and just allowing your boundary to be a boundary and not worrying what other think about other people think about it you're not aggressive with your boundary yeah. you're not yelling your boundary you're just this is my boundary and then you move on and then what other people do with that is up to them and is them and it and then you yeah. can I think walking away once you put down a boundary and learning how to just allow it to exist on its own yeah. is also another thing that you have to a tool that you need to build it's not yeah, because it's really difficult setting boundaries for me was really difficult and then you know, even when the person was fine, I, then I'd start to feel bad. Um, yeah. You know, which is really, it's really weird kind of space to be in. But, um, you know, I was once saw or read somewhere and it was like so profound and it was just like, I think it was like a stupid meme or something. And it was said something like, um, givers have to set boundaries because takers rarely do. And that's so important. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, you know, so boundaries. And there's the whole thing of like allowing somebody to, um, their, once you put up a boundary and then they are saying, like, you worry about what other people will say about yeah. you. Well, do you accept what they, it doesn't matter what somebody else says about you. Is that true yeah. for you? You know, yeah. are you going to allow that to be your truth? No, then you can just move on. Uh, you don't have to fight with yeah. people about boundaries. It's unnecessary. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's, a, it's an and interesting... What I find... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, and what I find... Sorry. What I find most um, kind of... It's weird, isn't it? Because it's only when you really look back that you can say... I don't know, setting boundaries has got easier the older I've got, if that makes sense. And so, like, I think back to the young person, how can we enable those people to set boundaries so it doesn't take them until they get to their, like, mid-30s or even later? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think it involves all that, like, work of you don't 
need to feel responsible for yeah. everyone else's feelings and their projection or idea of what it is you are doing isn't necessarily your responsibility either. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, absolutely. So like going back to what we were talking about earlier, like with the red flags and stuff, you know, sometimes it's only with the benefit of hindsight, you look back and you think to yourself, actually, that was quite a dangerous situation. I didn't realize it at the time, um, for whatever reason. So sometimes like, it's really hard to kind of, how do you teach people that when you've only kind of worked through it because of the experiences you've had? So as a teacher, I'm always trying to kind of think about that, that kind of factors into what I teach, but it's, it's so difficult to sometimes we only learn lessons from participating in them so it's kind of how can I guide people so they have all of the fulfilling experiences but maybe not put themselves in dangerous situations do you know what I mean oh yeah I I wonder about that all the time because of my kids uh, because I want to have them have experiences, but I also want to save them from some of the experiences. I, I put myself yeah. in a lot of uh, difficult and dangerous situations. Yeah. Uh, and I would like to avoid that happening for them. But also we have, I, I like who I am. I like my life. Yeah. I, and so I exist in this world, having had some traumatic experiences, some difficult things, and I am who I am because of it. Yeah. So it's a really weird, like, I mean, I can you grow up and be funny if nothing bad ever happened to you? I don't know. I'm not sure. No, I don't think you can. And so like in the Obia group, we've just been um, working with Anima Soda, who is quite a um, fiery and difficult spirit to work with. And so before doing that work, you know, talking to people saying, you know, this could bring up um, bad stuff for you, things that have happened that maybe were painful and all of that kind of thing. But then that, you know, uh, working with Anima Soda is, she's a fiery spirit because she's like born of aggression and pain and abuse and all of those kind of things. Um, but there's a power that comes from having walked through that fire and dealt with it. Um, so yeah, like people who have never had anything happen to them tend to be like, yeah, who even are they? I know. <laughs> <laughs> There's something really interesting, though, too, about those experiences, like when you say, like, when you're talking about the journey, and this is going to be a difficult journey for you, right? Yeah. Or, you know, you're telling your group, this will be a difficult journey for you. Intellectually, group members know it's going to be a different, a difficult journey. Yeah. And then they experience the journey, and they're like, damn, that was hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> So it's like, you know, that it's that you're like, you've heard it. It's just kind of like the same thing as yeah. you people say about having kids or you like, you know, that this is, and then you have it and you're like, whoa, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, every, we yeah. all told you, everyone told you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same yeah. as you experienced it yourself. Exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. And like lived experiences in magical tradition and magical practice is so important because it shapes who we are. Um, you know, so I, I talk a lot about growing up on a poor council estate and and 
those kind of things are um they're character building and you're right I wouldn't be the person I am now if I didn't go through those things and I kind of like the person I am now so it's really difficult and weird to kind of navigate that I suppose while also trying to keep people safe in a community I was talking with someone who is going to be in my March class and she asked me um, about how hard it must be to be kind of awake and raising kids and, um, and, and, and mentioning that like, and I thought, oh man, when I get a handle on it, I'll let you know. Yeah, it is, well, I can tell you, it never ends, Jessica. My <laughs> my eldest child is going to be 20 in March, and my youngest has just turned 18. And you know when they're younger and you, like, worry about lots of different things, you worry about road safety and stranger danger and all of that kind of stuff, and you think, oh, I can't wait till they can grow up a bit and I don't have to worry. There's always something. So now they're like, look at, well, I say nothing. There's lockdowns and stuff, so they can't go out and, like, get drunk in clubs and stuff. But when they do it's awful awful <laughs> the worry oh. never stops there's always something else sorry but <laughs> no I I write because then it some things do get easier like yeah having littles is uh my it's heart goes work. out every single one of you listening if you have littles <laughs> it can be really difficult and annoying ass people say stuff like enjoy while it lasts you can't oh, enjoy God. it yeah. while it's there. That's not how it works. <laughs> like, <laughs> night, people go, holy shit, those were so amazing years. I love every minute of my memory of it. But in the living yes. of it, you're like, this is a fucking nightmare. Um, and yeah. so I yeah. hate when people say, enjoy it while it lasts. You wish that you could I come know. <laughs> yeah I know and you know like it's the same in magic as well though isn't it you know you go through all that hard stuff and it's hard work and you think sometimes you doubt yourself and you think why am I even doing this is it going to be worth it but then it's not until you're at the point where you've mastered all of those things and you're kind of looking back through rose tinted glasses and you think oh I really enjoyed those days did you did you though Yes, totally. You're like, oh man, that lesson I learned was so helpful. I am so grateful for that lesson. Would I go back and live it again? Hell no. No way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's weird how, I, I, I mean, before I actually really like got, I, I, before I was actually serious about my practice and you know, like, like, I was like, this is something that I'm going to incorporate in my daily life. I'm really serious about it. You know, and I've gone through that wavering in and out of it throughout my life. But a lot of the times, like, I remember going into it, it's like, is this going to be really useful or having other people being like, is that going to be really useful? But when we talk about these things mm. in our experiences, it, it kind of makes me reflect, like, these are useful experiences. We, I know we call it, I know it's called magic. And somehow we, we've been trained that that word is some like thing up above or around you and it is but it's it's I I just when we're talking it's like think think of all these topics and how useful they are and how they keep you able to navigate an ever-changing world an ever-changing landscape of everything you realize that the world is chaos and we're just surfing through it and 
There's you so don't many know tools anything. for it. Yeah, and you don't know anything. You don't know shit. Yeah, it's so great yeah. to like sit and share those experiences that we have in like settings like this. I uh, just I wouldn't trade it I forever, think so. but it's hard. Really oh, hard. sometimes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When I first started doing like courses and reading books and magic and, and, um, that kind of stuff, people would be like, well, you know, what are you up to? I'm like, well, um, taking this class and they're like, what's that about? It's kind of witchcraft or this thing or that thing. And, and if you say the word magic, I cannot tell you how many people oh, like, oh, like magic, the gathering, like the card game, like magic, like, um, <laughs> Rope, like no, guys, like you're allowed to take me seriously yes. if I use the word magic. Like, I'm allowed. That's one of the reasons yes. that Magic Cool is a good name for a podcast because it's okay to yeah. use the word magic. We're allowed to practice it, we're allowed to believe in it, or <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Because we're having all of these discussions about things that happen in the magical community, but most of us live in communities where that's like unheard of. Like in my everyday life, even with like, my dad knows what I do. So my cousin came around for a tarot card reading the other day and she's kind of into stuff, but you know, they like to, um, she goes to like mind, body, spirit events and she's she's kind of on the, the edge and I'm like, come closer. <laughs> um, but most of, <laughs> most of the time we live in our real life, and I say real as in, you know, magic is real. Um, but in our everyday lives, we live with people who maybe don't practice or family members don't really understand. And people just generally speaking don't have that understanding because like when you tell them you practice witchcraft, like at work, for example, um, a colleague asked me, so do you actually do spells, Emma? And I'm like, oh, it sounds so, like, when you say it like that, you know, and they don't really have that level of understanding of any kind of witchcraft practice, it's it's really hard to kind of go into it with people who, like, have zero understanding of, you know, they they have no idea that this whole world exists. You know. Yeah, or they're going to use it to like I have in my experience within the past year had somebody um, get upset with me because I was using magic against some, like I was a witch like yeah. it was used in a negative way. I yeah, am, and I was like, whoa, dude, we still do that. We still um, judge people based on, on them being a witch. Yeah. And you think that witches have power over your existence. Like they're not just somebody yeah. out there trying to live their life in in the universe connected with energy and like, Nope, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna be like, Nope, she's bad. She's a witch. Yeah. She's out the witch. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Whoa, dude. That, yeah. And it's either that you know that's one reaction or it can go the other way where they try and belittle you and make fun of you as well i've i've had that before um yeah it's not the know, science and my, you don't, you're not this you're not following yeah. the science on everything yeah and my my response to that is well give me some of your hair then <laughs> we'll see and they're like no <laughs> <laughs> I love that response. I need to keep that in my pocket. <laughs> you don't believe in that? Let's see. Yeah, it's just so while we're having these conversations about red flags and all of that, so we're always trying to navigate different worlds. And so sometimes we can downplay um, what's happening in our magical experience because 
you know, the wider world doesn't acknowledge that side of you or that that lived experience. So it's really difficult. Um, and it's you're right, Paul. It's chaos. <laughs> the world is chaotic, um, and we're just trying to do the best we can. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me back to your magical practice mentorship that you have now and will have other mentees in the future is so cool. It is like chaos magic meets shamanic witchcraft. Yeah. Um, Very interesting. Um, And I just want to point out that you write for a lot of different, is it a lot or is there three? There's, you write for three different places. Um, yeah, so mostly free. There, um, yeah, so on a regular basis. So there's Witchway Magazine, which is a um, subscriber magazine, um, in print and online. Um, and then there's Gods and Radicals, and then there's the House of Twigs. I do have an article coming out in the next Cunning Folk magazine, though. That's mm-hmm. the first time one writing for them, which has been good. Um, so I think the next print issue is about water, and I'm kind of discussing... Um, the Caribbean islands and what it's so interesting I can't wait for it to come out I don't want to talk too much about it but yeah we talk about the river mama in there which is a um folklore spirit from Jamaica and I suppose other parts of the Caribbean um because folklore is another one of my nerdy pastimes and like folklore from everywhere and I feel like the folklore stories are you know they're our way of communicating knowledge um throughout the generations and across cultures even so like yeah folklore is I often see it as a part of um my magical practice as well because there's so much hidden information in those folklore stories that you know it's just so interesting I love that topic as well like I grew up um like in the Appalachians and folklore is really important there and I also, I'm going to be taking an astro yoga course where I learn a lot of folklore because the person that's teaching it, um, Emily Riddell, is, uh, she, she's studied folklore and is yeah. really gifted at, at speaking in that way. So I'm really interested. I'm excited about learning astrology through folklore. And I, so like, I feel like there's yeah. so much we can learn and from folklore and I'm super glad that you brought that up oh that'll be awesome I know (laughs) and you have a book right now out called reclaiming ourselves yes yes that's we've got yep yeah that's right (laughs) I have to sometimes think like I'm the kind of person who either does nothing or does everything all at once like I have no in between um, so that's out with Gods and Radicals currently. Um, I've just, oh, this week I've been off work. So I've been um, completing the second round of book edits for the book that's coming out with Llewellyn, I think later on this year. Oh, book Yay. editing is the worst. And like that really, I think I've spoken to you about this before, Jessica, um, about like the struggle I went through um, because Llewellyn is, they're, they're a big book publisher in the occult and spiritual world. And, but then there's also um, some negative connotations in there as well with some people, you know, like, oh, they're, you know. And I, I really kind of, not struggled, but 
there was a lot of soul searching because you get so used to the like defending yourself against other people's opinions of what you're doing when really it detracts from what you are actually doing um so i do have the llewellyn book coming out which is purely witchcraft um yeah purely witchcraft and magic like no like witchcraft is political but it's um purely like ritual and all the fun stuff I'm really excited about it. And I'm really glad that you allowed yourself um, to put yourself and what you value and what you want to put out into the world before the ideas and judgments of others, because we are yeah. constantly worried about that. I mean, like if you val if you go through your own value system and you feel that it is right for you, then allowing that to exist in the world that it's right for you is okay. We don't have yeah. to constantly. Like with social yeah, media, because, especially. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of snobbery in um, witchcraft and magical circles, and you know, which to me is detrimental to witchcraft. Like, we don't need the snobbery. If you are putting something out there that is true to you and will genuinely benefit other people, why wouldn't you want, you know, a, a large well I say large really in the publishing world they're not large you know they're quite niche um, the magical publishing world yeah so why wouldn't I want my what I feel I have value um to teach why wouldn't I want as many people to to get that because I think in you know it doesn't take long to kind of go on the internet and come up against all of these kind of issues and debates that are uh, debates that are raging in the magical world and I think sometimes that puts a lot of people off um and it's a, again about starting small so in in the Llewellyn book it's very much basic witchcraft but I feel like it's witchcraft the right way if that makes sense not that there is any kind of right or wrong way but it's very much about using what's around you um you know I am anti-capitalist at heart so you know I didn't want it to be another book about buy this crystal, buy this thing, buy. I just wanted to make people see how accessible and everyday magic can be, um, because I feel that's important. When I feel when you're always preaching at people about don't do this because this is bad and don't do that, it kind of detracts, especially from people who are maybe just finding the confidence to branch out and start their journey. I feel like it can kind of put them off. So. Yeah, I'm excited about that book. But I am really excited. It's going to be really helpful for a lot of people. We just need to be supportive of each other in this environment. And I think that a lot of times there is not a lot, like there are some, you can get into a group and it's not supportive. And if it is not supportive of you, you know, you're allowed to jump ship and yeah. go to another ship. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will just say Gods and Radicals are really supportive. So I'm not jumping ship. I still publish with those guys too. Oh, yes. I, I was meaning more like. I, I know you knew that. But... Yeah. We all love Gods and Radicals. They're amazing. Yeah. Uh, they are my life. They are my house. You have so many good articles on there. Yeah. I, I love, love their, their Instagram page too, by the way. Follow them. Yeah. Uh, what I love about Gods and Radicals is the um, range of different writers. So, like, there's so many different people writing for them and I really like that because I think it shows to people that there is no just one way there are many ways that are equally as valid and different and rich and that you know we're all richer for that difference so 
so you know i really love writing for them they are my like spiritual home (laughs) (laughs) yeah they seem like a really supportive group yeah they they 100 percent are um you know and um reed and myrna who are um the editors they're great they do so much work behind the scenes that you know they are great people so emma how can people find you um so all the social media um instagram facebook twitter though twitter i do go on every now and then but i don't know i don't get i don't know twitter is just twitter but it's emma Catherine Wildwitch in all of those platforms um yeah paul you didn't say much do you have anything to say I do, but not today. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have the easiest week this week. Uh, I lost a good friend. Yeah. Yeah. And then he he got also very sick afterwards for two days. Yeah. I, yeah, I lost, I lost a mentor this week. Um, and I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah. Uh, So I, yeah, it was hard. It's so my heart is heavy. Uh, I, remember it it actually brings me back to a discernment question on how to discern somebody who's right to teach you something uh a question for me was what 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 are you about what is it all about who are you those if that if that person is asking that question they should have an answer for you and in this person's uh response was my experience in life is life is a school and we're here to learn. And so that resonated with me. And so I was always open to the things that I learned from her. So yeah. hopefully that, and that is such a good answer as well. Yeah. Or yeah, or Jessica's Jessica's one of Jessica's Jessica's mentors. I am here to teach that life is fun and I'm here to, help teach that to people and remind them that it's fun and we're here to have fun. If you're not having fun, then you're not, I mean, you're not doing it right. It's not that you're not doing it right, but you're supposed to be having fun. You're taking life too seriously, right? Like maybe you should. Oh, that is such good advice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's, I I, I know that's what Paul's mentor was really. um, Well, we think we, the reason why we shared is I, I met her and I knew that I could talk, have deep conversations with, or at least questions with this person because, and we've all talked about how much we love books. I saw that this woman's bookshelf and I was like, I can have interesting conversations with this person. And so, cause yeah, there's so much fun. Knowledge is so much fun. Yeah. The universe is so fast let's look at these books and yeah. see what we can learn and what's up yeah and thank you for writing your books i really appreciate yeah. it. It, yeah. it is really oh, helped me. thank you so <laughs> much i forget the so below part sometimes <laughs> in the practice and it's really brought me back to that so I, it's 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 reminded me and helped me create a better sense of balance between not only my spiritual practice with me and myself but um but out outside of myself and in my community yeah i think that's so important as well thank no thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) all right well um 
Yeah. Everybody go out and find Emma Catherine if you have not yet, uh, as we always love to have her on um, because it's fun to chat. We'll have her back soon, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and thank you for having me. I always love hanging out with you guys. <laughs> yeah, any excuse to hang out. <laughs>